When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Raider Nation? Matt Holder from Silver and Black Pride here. It certainly was a disappointing week for the Raiders last Thursday, but the season moves on and the New England Patriots are coming into town. So for this week's Behind Enemy Lines podcast, please welcome in Pat Lane from Pat's Pulpit, SB Nation site that covers all things Patriots. Pat, how you doing, man? Thanks for coming on. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Awesome. And I have to say, I do appreciate the Boston accent a little bit. I feel like it makes this podcast a little more authentic, <laughs> right? Yes, mine is not quite as uh, quite as thick as some other people's, but it's there. I still understand you, for that's for sure. That, yes, that's a, exactly. the blessing in the girth, right? Awesome. Right. Well, the Patriots are in the thick of things for the wild card race, so I'm curious, what are the expectations for the rest of the season? Well, I mean, going into the year, or going at least into this stretch run, I was hoping they could they could pull one out against the Vikings. They obviously were unable to do that, um, and now you're you know backs against the wall. You lose to the Bills, which we kind of expected beat the Cardinals, which is good. Now it's like you got, we have to win this week against the Raiders. I know, you know, I'm on a Raiders podcast around talking about, but you know, I think, I think we all understand right. that Patriots are in contention here. And if they want to really make the playoffs, you have to beat teams that you should beat. And that's the Raiders are a team that they should beat. And then it gets down to the last three where, you know, you get the Bengals at home on Christmas Eve, you get the Dolphins at home on New Year's day, and then you're in Buffalo December 8th uh, and sorry, January 8th. And so, then it just becomes a question of, well, you know, can you pull out one or two of those wins? If you can win one or two of those games, now you're nine and eight, ten and seven, and it gives you a chance to be in. You lose to the Raiders this week, and you know, and it's not over officially, but it's pretty much over. You're not winning all three of those games, you know. So, yeah, I guess it's it's that time of year where I don't know, maybe maybe I'm, maybe I'm speaking for you a little bit too much here, but you almost start to root for the Bills a little bit to hope that they have everything locked up by that by that week that last week matchup, so they can maybe rest the starters. Hundred percent, you're right. You get into that moment, and and you know home field advantage is going to be so big. So for the Patriots, they're looking at it saying, all right, well if the if the Jets can if the Bills, I'm sorry, can lock up home field advantage, they can win their next three, and the Chiefs lose one or two of those games. Now the Bills have that one seed locked up. And so you look at it and say they got nothing to play for week 18. So, you know, maybe they, maybe they, they rest their starters a little bit. The other thing that I would look at is, is that what if it goes the other way, they lose a game or two and they're locked into the two seed. Now they don't have a buy. And so you may want, now you may even consider resting Josh Allen more because you don't have that week off, right? So you have that week off, you might be more tempted to play him the whole game because you, you know, you're going to have a week off anyways. If you don't have that week off, you know, it might be in a situation where you're looking at it saying, Hey, you know, we need to get him some rest. And so to the Patriots, who cares what difference does it make? Right. So yeah, for sure. So I want to take a step back here for a second from the, uh, the playoff talk. Mm-hmm. And a lot's been made about the Patriots offensive coordinator situation with Josh McDaniels leaving, leaving and heading to Vegas. So how much of an impact do you think is that's had on the season? And do you think it could cost them a playoff spot in the end? In the end? I think it's had a huge impact on the season. I mean, you just look at what they've been doing. And, and I think, I think that's not a hundred percent fair to Matt Patricia and Joe judge, but at the same time, 
they've been thrown into roles that they don't know what to do. They've never been those coaches. So Matty P's never been an offensive line coach, but now he's the head of head offensive line coach and the offensive coordinator. So of course those those areas are going to suffer because he has he's done it before, right? Whereas, you know, McDaniel's had a good working relationship with Mac Jones. He had obviously a great grasp on the offense, and you know people questioned people questioned his his play calling all the time because that's what you do with offensive coordinators, but. At the end of the day, he was a good offensive coordinator, and you don't really, you can't really say you have that anymore right now. And I think the thing about Matty P that's interesting is that Matty P and Joe Judge, I think they have good plays. They call interesting plays. They have packages that you like to see on the field, but they just don't have the consistency. And that's really the issue for me is that they just haven't been consistent all year. And that's really, I think, if if they can be more consistent moving forward the rest of the year, I think that'd be great. It's just that. You know, you got you call one or two good plays, and then it's like the next three plays are kind of crappy, and then you're like, well, now what? You know, so that that's where we've been at all year. Unfortunately, for a while, it looked like the Patriots and the Raiders would have been better off if McDaniel's had stayed, stayed in. <laughs> you know? Yeah, sometimes I think uh, I don't think you'll find much resistance from Raider fans if uh, if of having McDaniel stay in New England. But I am curious because you brought this up, uh, Mac Jones' relationship with Josh McDaniel's. I'm curious about how much you think losing Josh McDaniels has impacted Mac Jones's growth. I think it's a, I think it's a huge, it's a huge amount of growth. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, when you start looking at it and you say, okay, why is that second year leap such a big deal? That second year leap such a big deal because you're the second year in that system, right? You mm-hmm. came into the league. You didn't really know what you're doing. You really didn't understand the system. Now you get the system inside and out and, you know, you can, you can play faster and think less. Well, Mac Jones is starting, you know, and again, they're not, it's not a brand new offense, but they were saying all summer it was a new offense. So now you got to learn another new offense and sure you, you know, you've, you've played in the league for a year. So you kind of understand the speed and stuff, but you don't know the offense inside and out. You don't know what plays that you love to run, right? You know, these guys in their second, third year, they can look at a play and say, I love that play. It worked great last year. It worked great in this spot. And, you know, and I can run that play to perfection. You don't have that anymore, right? And so I think I think it definitely has impacted him negatively. I think that, you know, at the beginning of the year, he really wasn't playing very well. And and that could have been part of it. I think he's also regressed a bit. Um, and so, you know, do we put that on the coaches? Do we put that on Mac? I'm not sure. That that that's the hard thing to tell is like, who do you put that on? Right. And so um then the question becomes, well, do you replace Matty P with someone like Bill O'Brien next year? Or do you keep Maddie P just to keep the continuity? I, I think right. keeping the continuity is good, but at the same time, like if we can get a legitimate offensive coordinator, I think that that, that would be a better move, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely understand. It's, do you want to give a guy three guys and th- three offensive coordinators in three seasons or give a guy one offensive court or two offensive coordinator, one of them being maybe a little bit over their head, definitely tough right. balance. Right. And you mentioned Mac Jones struggling at the beginning of the season. Bailey Zappi rumors were, uh, were swirling in the fan base. It seemed yeah. like, yeah. I'm curious if those started to calm down a little bit and is Mac Jones playing better as of late? A little bit. They've calmed down a little bit, but still when, when Mac struggles, people call for Zappi. I, I think, I think starting him against the bears on Monday night was incredibly stupid. I think it's one of the worst decisions <laughs> Belichick's made as far as an in-game decision has been because it made no sense. They, it was, he was in a lose, lose proposition and especially where, they said, you know, Mac was going to play half the game and Zappi. it didn't make any sense. And so, and you could see he was still hurt. And so to me, I felt like put Zappy out there and Zappy played absolutely terrible in the second half, just awful in the second half. If, if he plays that way on Monday night football and he starts, 
even if he has those two touchdown drives, if he plays the way he did in the second half, everyone would wake up on Tuesday morning saying, man, okay, the Zappy era was fun, but like we're ready for Mac Jones to go back in. But, you know, the way it happened was that Mac looked terrible when he went in there. And, you know, then Zappy looked great for, you know, three passes. And then, you know, then he was terrible the rest of the way through. But it was like, then then you're left not knowing how to feel. So you still hear people every time Mac throws a bad pass, oh, Zappy and Zappy this and Zappy that. But but it's it's died down significantly that that the team is winning and Mac is playing a little better, not not making the turnovers he was making to be in the season. Yeah, gotcha. So I want to shift gears a little bit here and talk about the wide receivers because it seems like it's been a problem or finding a number one receiver has been a problem in New England for a while. So out of their current wideouts, is there anyone that's kind of stepped into that role or stood out as a potential guy to maybe climb into that role in the future? Yeah, I mean, Myers is their, is their best receiver, I think. Um, Devontae Parker is pretty good. He makes some plays. Uh, I don't know if he's going to play him on uh, Sunday or not with the concussion. But, you know, they really haven't had – I thought Kendrick Bourne was going to make that leap this year. And then for whatever reason, he fell out of favor with the coaching staff. He still makes plays every time he's on the field. So I don't understand why he's not on the field more. Um, and he's going to be on the field more this week because they don't have a choice. I, I don't know if Myers is going to play or not. I'd be surprised if Parker played. Um, so now you're pretty thin at wide receiver, right? Especially if Myers doesn't play. So I think we'll see Bourne a little bit more than we have. Um, but, you know, they're hoping Tyquan Thornton can become that guy eventually, but he just he doesn't strike me as a number one. He strikes me as that kind of speed guy. They might be able to build some build some bulk on him and, and he can go across the middle a little bit more than he, than he can right now. He's just so frail that I don't know if they want him doing that. Um, you know, Devonta Smith does it out, out in, uh, you know, out in Philly, but like Devonta Smith is, was the Heisman trophy winner. Like yeah. he's a legitimately <laughs> unbelievable receiver. And I think, I think that Thornton is a good player, but he's not at Devonta Smith's level. For sure. For sure. So I kind of have a two part question here about Jacoby Myers. Um, one, what does he kind of need to do to step into that wide receiver one role? Mm-hmm. And then two, you mentioned his injury. If he's not playing, and I'm assuming Devontae Parker's probably not going to be playing, who's who is going to be out there for the for the Pats and what are they going to be missing? That's a good question, man. It's a good question. I think I think Myers has done a really nice job. He's not a prototypical number one receiver. He's not a prototypical slot receiver. He's a big guy. He's not super fast, but he is quick and he knows how to get open. And then Every time the ball is anywhere near him, he catches it. And so he's become their most reliable and consistent receiver. Um, He's a free agent at the end of this year. So the question is, is someone going to throw a bag at him and are the Patriots going to match that? And, you know, are the Patriots going to want to pay him? I think they, I think they have to because he's Mac Jones's favorite target and he's probably the best player, best wide receiver on the team. If you lose that, then who do you have behind him is really the question. So, um, I don't know if he'll ever be that like top flight number one receiver, you know, quote unquote, but like, I think he's their most talented receiver and he's a consistent and reliable player for them. I think that's, those are the guys that they've always valued, right? Like Edelman was never like a number quote unquote, number one wide receiver, but he was always great. Myers is an Edelman's level, but, but he's, he's a solid, reliable player. And I think that that's kind of his ceiling. If he's your wide receiver too, you got a good wide receiving core. Um, if he's your wide receiver one, it's not great. So I, I don't know if he'll ever be at that wide receiver one level, but he's an important player for them. Um, if he doesn't play, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I don't know what they do. I loved, I loved, and I just want to see more speed. I, I, I'm an advocate for speed. So, you know, Pierre Strong, the fastest running back in the draft. Tyquan Thornton, the fastest wide receiver in the draft. Marcus Jones, 
one of the fastest cornerbacks in the draft. Of course, didn't run the 40 because he was hurt. But like, you can see the speed out there. You put those three guys on the field at the same time with Nelson Aguilar on the other side. Don't throw to Nelson Aguilar, but let him run. And mm-hmm. you know, take the top off the defense. Just let him run. Don't throw it to him. But you got all that speed out there. And now you start to look at it and say, man, like that poses problems for the opposing defense, right? Look at Miami. Miami's got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Tons of speed. So it's like, how do you deal with that much speed on the field? And I think the Patriots, you know, have have found something here with a little bit of a wrinkle where you can just say, hey, we got a ton of speed on the field. Maybe they're short passes, maybe they're quick passes, maybe they're screen plays, maybe they're, you know, runs or whatever. But like when you get that much speed on the field, it makes it difficult for the other team. Definitely. So I, I know you brought him up. But, uh, can you give us a quick update on former Raider Nelson Aguilar? How's he doing out in New England? He sucks. He's terrible. <laughs> I just I can't stand him. He's, he gets open. He gets open. He just can't catch the freaking ball. He almost cost them. Uh, it wasn't an interception because the ball, I guess, hit the ground. But he ran a slant route and he just dropped it. And then it, you know, landed on Zayvon Collins and he wasn't able to hold it. Um, and it like hit the ground as he was trying to catch it or whatever. But it was just like, man, just catch the damn ball. You know, and he's been doing it. He does it consistently. He works hard. He blocks hard. He plays hard. The guys like him and stuff. He just can't catch the freaking ball. Um, you know, and they lost the they they lost the Ravens game for multiple reasons. But one of the reasons they lost it is because Aguilar, you know, had a really nice slant route, caught it, run downfield, gets the ball stripped away from him. And it's just like you're, in the, you're basically in the red zone down five. And, you know, you lose the ball on a fumble after, you know, after a 35-yard gain. It's just like so frustrating to see. And it's been like that all year long. I'm going to have to put that on a quote board. Pat Lane on Elson Aguilar. He sucks. I like it. I like it. Nice <laughs> and eloquent. I like it. Yeah. Awesome. So when the Patriots signed Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith a couple of off seasons ago, I think people had visions of, you know, the Aaron Hernandez and Gronk, Gronk days mm. um, in New England's offense, but they haven't quite lived up to that. What do you think has held those two back? Now, I don't know. I, I, usage, I guess. Like Jonu Smith is not a prototypical tight end, right. but I don't know. I don't think they should be using him as that. I just assumed they'd be using him kind of like they use Hernandez, which is in the backfield as an H back as a wing guy, you know, quick screens, like get the ball in his hands, you know, uh, uh, jet sweeps, things like that. And, and just, they do it sometimes just not consistently enough. And that tells me that either, you know, they're not being creative with it or John, who's just not that good of a player, right? He's not the guy that they thought he was. Maybe it's, maybe it's that, um, I think Hunter Henry is a good player when they give him an opportunity, but the problem is what happens and what's been happening this year is that they flooded the, the middle of the field. The opposing defenses, you saw it You saw it last night, uh, on Monday night, I'm sorry, against Arizona. They just flooded the field. They just threw everyone in the middle of the field and said, beat us outside, go ahead. And that's why Matt kept throwing, I think he attempted 12 screen passes. But they were just like, screw it, we'll just throw it out quick to the wide receiver, pick up five, six yards every play. If you're going to take away the middle of the field every single play, what do you want us to do? You know. And then you see later on in the game, Hunter Henry, the the seam opens up for him. And he catches like a you know forty five yard catch down down the middle of the seam. So that just hasn't been there this year because the middle's been has been covered because they feel like we can if we take away the middle we can stop the Patriots offense. And unfortunately, that's been true most of the year because they've been predictable. Um, and so maybe a little bit of that, that unpredictability that we've seen in the last week can help them. Uh, and you know we'll see if that's the case, but hopefully it will be because Hunter's an important part of the offense. I think. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. So moving on to running backs, I know Damian Harris has suffered an injury recently. Rondé Stevenson went out pretty early on Monday night. I'm yep. curious if you have a, if you have any idea if those guys are going to play or if you have any updates on those two. Yeah, I'm not sure what the injury report's going to look like. Um, you know, I, I didn't see a picture of Ramondre practice. I mean, he wasn't there. I don't know if Damian practiced either. If neither of those guys play, now you're in the situation you were in last week where you're playing both rookies. Um, and they held up admirably, right, against the Cardinals. But I think you're playing a better pass rush. Um, I'm worried about the pass protection because pass protection from both Harris and Stevenson has been very good this year. And so, you know, and of course, Ramondre is arguably your best offensive player. So, um, you know, if both those guys don't play, you're asking a lot of, you know, of your two rookies coming, you know, trying to game plan something up and coming in a short week. Um, that's that's a lot to ask from your two rookies, but they performed admirably on, on Monday night. Hopefully they can do the same on Sunday. I'm glad you brought up the pass protection because that's a nice transition to uh, one of uh, Raider Nation's good friends, Trent Brown, who uh, obviously played with the Raiders for a few years. Yeah. Didn't exactly end well over here in Vegas. So I'm curious, how's he looked in his second stint in New England? Terrible. Uh, he just, he just, he hadn't looked that good. And I think he's been hurt the last few weeks. He said he lost 12 pounds. Um, he's dealing with an illness for like three weeks, wow. um, you know, and he's been questionable and I'm not, so I'm not sure exactly what's going on and maybe that has something to do with it, but just a lot of mental errors, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of mistakes. And so it's, it, it's, not what you like to see from the offensive line. And again, does it is it partly because Matt Patricia is now calling plays and coaching the offensive line? Two things that he's never done before. So like have him focus on one thing or the other, but is he spread a little too thin? And so the offensive line isn't getting the coaching that they that they need to be getting coaching. Bill Yates, I know, is is the assistant offensive uh, assistant offensive line coach, but like I don't know. Like, is he is he the is he a good enough player or a good enough coach to, to coach up the offensive line basically by himself? I don't think he is. And so um, you're seeing a regression from everyone, but Trent Brown just, you know, he's been bad the last few weeks. And and I think even before that, but again, is it the injury? Is it, or is it the sickness? I'm, I'm not really sure. So I'm curious because when he, towards the end of his tenure, part of the reason why he kind of fell out of favor was he's, his work ethic. Like, and there were rumors that like, his last yeah. year in, with the Raiders, he showed up at like over 400 pounds or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So is it kind of been more of the same or is it just he's just still not pick, or is he uh, just not playing well at all? So I don't know. You know, I don't know what the work ethic looks like. There's been no stories about his work ethic, but just on yeah, the sure. field, like sometimes, you know, it's like he's standing, like he's lost sometimes. He just looks right? disengaged. Yeah. And, like, you know, getting out in front of a, in front of something and not hitting anyone. When Matt got sacked on Monday night, they ran a stunt and he just didn't block anyone. And it's kind of like, dude, like just block someone, you know, and instead he blocked no one. So it's, it's stuff like that that's been frustrating to see. I don't know if it's necessarily work ethic, but it certainly hasn't looked great. At right tackle, it looks like the Patriots have used quite a few guys this season. Can you set some light on who's going to be playing there on Sunday? I have no idea. Connor McDermott, I guess, is probably the guy again. He's been okay. He hasn't been terrible is what I can say about Connor McDermott. They signed him off the Jets practice squad, and he's been starting for them the last the last two games. So he's been okay for that, um, but he's not great. The problem is Isaiah wins hurt. Um, will he come off? Will he be ready? I don't know. Um, you know, and Yannick could just 
has been in and out of the, you know, in and off the, the injury report as well. And so it's like they just they haven't had anyone consistently. McDermott is at least staying healthy, and he's not getting Matt killed on every play. So like, that's been a win, I guess. But mm-hmm. like, he's he's not good, but he's not terrible. And so right now they're kind of living with that. Well, let me ask you this: with with a, a practice squad right tackle, a couple yeah. of running backs that might be out, Max Crosby likes playing on the offenses, right? Are you is that wor- something you're worried about heading into Sunday? Uh, yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Him, him and Chandler Jones on, on opposite sides is not ideal. Um, when you, you know, when you're talking about having rookie running backs and guys that, you know, aren't getting it done really well, uh, on the offensive line, having two guys that good on either side is, is a problem. And Max Crosby is, is a beast. Um, you know, and Chandler Jones is still, obviously he's a little bit older, but he's still very good too. So it's, uh, it's definitely gonna be a challenge this week for those two guys. And if they can keep Mac at least upright for the most part. Look, Max Crosby is going to get his get his numbers up. Chandler Jones is going to get his numbers. They're gonna they're just that good that that's going to happen. But you got to at least not let Mac get killed on every play, you know. And I think that that would be a win for the Patriots for sure. I'm also curious about Cole Strange, who was viewed as a, a first round reach on draft day. How has he looked so far in year one? Well, I think I think. So much of the guard play is dictated by the center, especially by young guys. Um, and so when David Andrews was out, he looked terrible. When David Andrews has been in there, he's been pretty good. He looked really good at the beginning of the year. And then he kind of he's kind of tailed off a little bit. But he's been okay the last few games that since David Andrews came back. When Andrews was out there, he was terrible. He got benched in one game. I think he got benched actually in two games. He just wasn't he wasn't doing well. Um, and part of that is because he's leaning on David Andrews to kind of help him. Hey, when they shift this way, how do I? Because they just haven't deal, dealt with that stuff, right? You're a rookie. You're trying to deal with things. You're trying to see what happens and learn on the fly. And sometimes it doesn't happen as fast as you'd like it to. So um, it's one of those things for me that, like, I think Strange is a good player. I don't know how good he can get to. But if he can play like he did at the beginning of the year, I mean, you're looking at a guy that could be a potential all-pro or certainly a potential pro bowler. We just haven't really seen it the rest of the way through. So, you know, was it? the defenses they were playing was it you know early on in the year and people he has some sort of talent i don't know what it was um but i think we've seen the ceiling from him is good but he's just not obviously not there yet as a first year player and having an intact offensive line helps guys like that that are in their first year and so hopefully andrews can stay healthy and the rest of the line can stay healthy and and he can continue to grow so flipping to the other side of the ball, Matthew Judon has kind of been one of the one of the better free agent signings over the last two years. I think he's coming up on already has 25 sacks in two years. The Patriots, he's played for the Patriots. Yeah. Can you uh just kind of briefly go, dive into what he brings to the table or his skill set a little bit? Yeah, he's fallen off a little bit um towards the towards the back half of this year. He fell off big time towards the back half of last year. He had one and a half sacks in the Arizona game. Um, played okay. Played okay, but not certainly not defensive player of the year level, right? He's getting to the point where now he's getting double teamed and he kind of disappears in those double teams. Um, so he's not at the level of a guy like TJ Watt or someone like that. Who And people are trying to put him up at that level. He's not there. And that's okay. He's still a very good player. Um, you've seen Josh Uche on the other side come alive, right? He's got 10 sacks, I think, in his last like six games or something like that. He's been fantastic. Um, the only player in the NFL with, with multiple games of, of three-plus sacks. So, you know, he's been great. Uh, we saw Daniel Uquale come in and play really well on, on Monday night. If he can play that well again, you get Christian Barmore, who was at back of practice the first time this week. 
I don't know if he'll play Sunday or not, but he's coming back soon. So you start talking about a, a defensive line that looks really good, and it's led by Judon. I think Judon is one of those guys that he's been good against the run, he's been good against the pass, but he has fallen off a little bit towards you know what he was at the beginning of the year. But if he can get back to even even like almost at that level, the Patriots are going to have a dominant defensive line, and, and they can get after the quarterback anyways. Um, but with Judon being you know doing what he was doing early in the season, they're almost unstoppable. Yeah, I'm glad you met, brought up Uche too, because he's the guy that's kind of burst onto the scene recently. Yeah. Can you describe like his growth this year? Like, what's been the difference between Josh Uche maybe last year and this year? Yeah, it's been huge. I think I think a big part of it is that they just kind of realize that he's a he's a pass rusher, right? And and you know, for him, he's a guy who in high school never did anything but rush the passer. In college, never did anything but rush the passer. So when they asked him to drop into coverage, which they've done a few times. When they asked him to drop into coverage, when they asked him to do things like that, when they asked him to play the run, he hasn't done that before. So he had to learn how to do that. And then he dealt with some injuries as well. So, you know, here's a guy that they just said, hey, man, you know, you can do these things well enough that you've earned yourself some playing time. Now go pin your ears back and go get the quarterback. Um, and he's done that extremely well. And you can see some of the bend that he has is great. And Matthew Juno has said, he goes, I'm not the best pass rusher on the team. Uche is the best pass rusher on the team. And so uh, when other guys see that and are talking about that, and then you see it come alive on the field, uh, it, it, you know, it's exciting to see. And, you know, here's a guy that, you know, people loved coming out and people said, hey, you know, Belichick's finally buying into this athleticism stuff. And then he really did nothing his first few years. And so uh, he's been significantly better this year. And of course made, you know, leaps and bounds over the last few weeks. And, and it's been, it's been, it's been fun to see. Definitely. At linebacker, Juwan Bentley has taken the most snaps by over like 200. Do the yeah. Patriots just run a lot of dime personnel by nature, or is that more the result of injuries and stuff like that? And then can you briefly touch about uh, what what Bentley brings to the table? It's a, it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. They kind of rotate guys in and out. Mac Wilson plays every now and again. Ray, Rayquan McMillan, who had a nice uh, you know scoop and score uh, on, on Monday. He plays. Guys come in and out. Bentley's the guy who's in the middle. He's the middle guy. He's the guy who's on the field all the time. He's the quarterback of the defense for the most part. Um, you know, huge leader. And, you know, he's a guy that is consistent. Is he great? No. He's pretty good against the run. I'd say I'd say above average against the run. He's probably average, maybe a little bit below average against the pass. But they trust him to do the right thing, to be in the right spot, to understand what's going on, to get other guys lined up. And so they have a lot of trust in him as a player. And Belichick always loves those guys. You know, you don't have to be the best player on the field, but if you if I know you're going to be where you, where you say you're going to be, if you're going to do what I tell you to do and get other guys lined up and do, he trusts guys like that. And so Bentley is definitely one of those guys. He's a core piece of that defense, even if he's not the best player out there. He's a core piece of the defense. And so, um, you know, I would say he is he's probably their best linebacker, just consistency wise. Um, he doesn't have the highest ceiling of the linebackers, but. He's a guy that, you know, he's a consistent player for the Patriots. He's like a prototypical Patriot guy, three-year captain at Purdue, um, you know, a guy that just has that leadership and that fire. And Judon, again, Judon has said, we follow eight. He's the guy. He's the guy on defense, and and he's kind of our leader out there. So uh, at least the front seven ones, you know. For sure. We'll start to wrap up here with the defensive backs. And I know J.C. Jackson was a big departure in the offseason. So I'm curious how the Patriots have managed to replace them and how they fared with them without uh, so far. So it's a good question. Jalen Mills has been hurt the last few weeks. Um, and so I thought Jalen Mills played pretty well as, as a cornerback too last year. 
Um, he's been he's dealt with a bunch of injuries this year. He's been okay when he was out there. John Jones has been okay, but John Jones can't cover guys one on one. He's not he's not that dude, right? When you if you ask him to cover Stephon Diggs, if you ask him to cover that, he can't do it. And Justin Jefferson and like there's not many guys in the league that can, right? But he can't, and that's okay. But I think what you saw this week was him not on DeAndre Hopkins. Jack Jones is on DeAndre Hopkins instead. And I think that that was telling for the Patriots because they said, hey, we're not going to stick John Jones there. We're not doing that to him anymore because that's not who he is. He can make plays, and he's a good player, but he can't go one-on-one with DeAndre Hopkins. Now, Jack Jones left with a, with a knee injury on Sunday. On Monday, I'm sorry. I don't know what the status is of his knee. I don't know how serious it was. I didn't see him get hurt, so I'm not really sure what happened. Hopefully, it's just a minor thing, uh, and he's back out there on Sunday or maybe misses a game. He's been great. He's been really good. He had a really nice pass breakup um, on Hopkins early in the game. You run an out route on Jack Jones, and he's getting in there, and, and he's getting his hand in and breaking the ball up, and, and if not, taking it back like he did against Aaron Rodgers. And so, you know, I, I think I've been impressed with him. And Marcus Jones, I mean, Jesus Christ, what can't you say about Marcus Jones? Second player in NFL history to have a receiving touchdown, a punt or kick return touchdown, and an interception in the same season. De- uh, Dion did that in 92. Marcus Jones did that as a rookie this year, um, and we still got four games left. He's been awesome. He's been great on offense. He's been a lot of fun on uh, on defense, and so he's he's getting his stuff done, which is great. I think um, he's small, so like he can't play a guy like Hopkins or Adams or whatever this week. But you know he he can provide help in the middle and provide some of that you know some of that electric speed in the middle of the field, uh, which you know every defense needs. Yeah, beyond any sort of like, you know, game analysis or anything, how difficult is it to keeping all the Joneses straight than the Patriots defensive backfield? I was just looking it up and I'm like, I can't remember which one's the good one, which one sucks, yeah, which one's yeah. everything. Well, right, yeah, it's John Jones, Jack Jones, and Marcus Jones, and then of course Mac Jones. And so, you know, <laughs> that was always the joke where like I I was advocating for them to take Marcus Jones. I I've, I've been on Marcus Jones since January. Like I loved the kid coming out when I did when I did prospect stuff and everything like that. And so People are like, dude, they can't draft another Jones. And I'm like, no, they need to draft another Jones. And then they draft two Joneses <laughs> at corner. So uh it's been it's been good. So it's been funny to see uh all the Jones and they don't they don't wear any distinction on their ja- on the on the back of their you know I what I mean? Say, yeah. Which which is funny because they can't because Marcus and Mac, like Mac Jones would have to go M A C like <laughs> you know, it had to be M A R and then Jack Jones and John Jones, same thing. It's like they can't go J Jones because they're both J Jones. So it's just like you know, it, it's kind of funny. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's just a, it's just Jones. They just like screw it. It's just Jones. We don't it's care. Jones. Nice. At safety, how's old man Devin McCourty doing this season? And is he bringing along Kyle Duggar with him? He is. Duggar has has really improved this year. I think uh, in coverage and in the run. He's always been good in the run game. But man, he brings the wood. Uh, and McCourty's been McCourty's been pretty good this year. He still has some of that speed and athleticism. Uh, he left. Spotter kind of pulled him off the field with a, with a potential head injury. I'm not sure if he tested for a concussion or not on Monday. If he did, I would assume he's not playing on Sunday, which would be a big loss for them. Hopefully he didn't, um, and he's able to play. But we'll see what happens. Um, but they did pull him off because they were worried he was a little woozy. I'm not sure. He didn't look super woozy, but it's hard to tell, like, you know, on the, on the sideline. So, yeah. um, so we'll see. He's been good. Duggar's been good. Jabril Peppers has been awesome. Um you know, in, in run, in run, run defense and, and, you know, covering guys across the middle. So, uh, they have a lot of, they have a lot of guys at safety that can play. I think they have five safeties that can play, which is good. Um, 
maybe no necessarily true number ones. McCourty's been pretty elite for a long time. I don't know if he's still in that elite category, um, but they have a lot of good guys that can play um, and step in and you know fill in when they when they have to. So last question here, Bill Belichick is obviously getting up there in age. So I'm curious if Patriots fans have started to think about who his successor might be. I'm also curious at the fact that like almost all of his disciples have struggled in other places like Las Vegas um, makes that fan base a little bit nervous about the post Belichick era. Yes. Well, the hard part is that I feel like if you're his, one of his disciples that sometimes they try to be like him and you just can't be like him. Right. And and so I, I actually had a lot of hope for McDaniels, and I still do. You look at Belichick, was under Parcells, goes to Cleveland. He was pretty good in Cleveland, but he was he was never great in Cleveland. Right. Never touched that greatness in Cleveland. He figured out what he was doing wrong and fixed it when he came to New England. Uh, and I think that that Cleveland experience is a good learning experience for him. I really thought that McDaniels would have that same type of feeling after Denver. I don't know. I think it's different. I think it is different now. I think the, you know, he lost the locker room in Denver and he was a, he was a real pain and I don't think he is that way anymore. Um, so I think that that's an improvement. I also think the Raiders aren't very good right now. I just think the roster isn't good because of all the crappy drafting that happened before he got here. So I do think that like there is hope for the Raiders moving forward. And I think you've seen some of it. The defense is just not good right now. I mean, you think about all the guys that are on defense that they drafted just stink. Um, you know, and so, and so kind of ripping that out and starting, starting fresh, I think will help them a lot. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a concern. It's a concern. There's been talk about, uh, Bill O'Brien coming back in to be the offensive coordinator and then maybe taking over after the fact there's been talk about Gerard Mayo, uh, who obviously was linebacker for the Patriots for a long time, basically the de facto defensive coordinator. Will he stick around and wait until Belichick retires and take over for him? Of course, they've talked about Steve Belichick. I don't think that's going to happen, um, but, you know, you never know, I suppose. But, you know, yeah, there's a lot of qu- – I mean, taking over for Bill Belichick is not easy to do, right? No. So, like, it's just – it makes it really challenging. And, the you know, the bar has been set extremely high. So it's like the next guy to come in. I mean, you see Mac Jones trying to take over for Tom Brady, and it's like, yeah, you can't. It's not possible. Standards right? too high. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so it's like, and then it's like, do you try to meet that standard? Do you try to be Bill Belichick? And because you can't, like, you know. And I think that that's one of those things that, um, you know, can you be there? And Pete Carroll's talked about it all the time. Like, I'm that. I would. He's like, I, there's no. I had no chance to succeed in New England. No shot after Parcells got there. But he's like, I found out a ton about myself from that experience. And Kraft found out a lot about about himself as well and what it took to run a team. Um, and I think both of them are where they are today because of that experience in New England. Didn't help at the time, but you know. Right. But I think that they both learned a lot from it, and that might be where we're headed after Bill Belichick retires. Although you never know, you never know if they find the right guy, he might be able to. He might be able to kind of keep the ship afloat, but certainly not the way Belichick has done it. Well, awesome! Thanks for coming on, Pat. Real quick before you go, where can people find you? Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at plane underscore Pats. Always talking Patriots and movies and Marvel and all that stuff. So you want to reach out, uh, say hello. And, uh, you know, I'm, I write, obviously, for patspulpit.com uh, as well. Also, if you're a teacher or a math fan, uh, I have, I'm have i a math teacher, and I have a, a math TikTok account at Mr. Lane Math. So, uh, so go follow me if you're, if you're into that, if you're into that kind of thing. Awesome. Well, yeah, go check out Pat over on uh, Twitter for the football takes and then any sort of uh, schooling or any sort of education or teacher takes on TikTok. Awesome, guys. You guys know where to find me on Twitter, at mholder95. Follow Silver and Black Pride. 
Other than that, until next time, guys.